Amen. The Lord bless you. God is good. Amen. He is so good. I uh, just want to say um, a happy birthday to Pastor Spencer. I don't know if he's in the service this morning, but uh, I don't see him. But if you have money, just give it to me. I'll pass it on. Um, I'll make sure he gets that. Amen. We're starting a new series this morning. And I read a, st- a story recently of a pastor who was actually uh, walking through the, uh, uh, the building during Sunday school hour in their church and decided to drop in to see the grade six boys class to see what they were learning. And so he just kind of snuck in the back and he listened for a little while and then toward the end he got up and he said, boys, I want to ask you a question. He says, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And for a few moments there was this uncomfortable silence. And eventually one boy raised his hand. He said, well, pastor, I don't know who did it, but we didn't. We've been here all morning. (laughs) And so the pastor was kind of surprised by the answer, but, you know, even more so by the lack of Bible knowledge. And so he turned to the teacher and he said, what do you think of that answer? And the teacher said, well, pastor, I've been teaching these boys all year. And if they say they didn't knock the wall down, I believe them. Well, as I mentioned, we're beginning a new series this morning. It's called Truth, the knowing that makes you free. Would you say that with me? Truth, the knowing that makes you free. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. I believe there are things that God really wants to establish in our lives in these days and in preparation for the days that are coming. Jesus said, as we know, that in the last days, the storm clouds would begin to gather. And just as Jesus forecast it, we see that happening. And he says that the life that is not built upon me, that is not built upon the rock, that is not built upon truth, he says, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, when we first gave our hearts to Jesus, what that means if you don't know the Lord this morning, it means that when we first invited God into our heart, invited his love, his forgiveness into our lives, Jesus says in John chapter 3 that we were reborn. Now, the Apostle Paul uses that same kind of imagery in a scripture we all know in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 when he said, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is a follower of Jesus, He is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. And it's really so important for us to understand what the Scripture is saying. Because what Paul is not saying is that when you become a Christian, that you are reformed, or that you are somehow refurbished. Paul is saying that when you become a Christian, when God, through Jesus Christ, comes into your life, you are actually reborn. Paul says we are in Christ. What that means is that we are literally, another translation says, we are enfolded into Christ. We disappear into Jesus. We vanish into him, and we are made completely new by this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and by the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. He says we literally become a new creation. Another translation says you become a new creature. Why? Because now we are actually occupied by the God who made us. He comes to us to establish his kingdom in us, his kingdom operation, his kingdom business in us and through us. 
That is why Paul says the old things must pass away because there are new things that God wants to come to us. As Paul says in verse 18, all these new things are from God. Now, Jesus warned in John 10.10 that Satan will come to us with his lies. And he comes to us with his lies in order that we do not embrace this truth that the Lord wants us to know. You see, Satan knows that knowing the truth will actually free us from his lies. Satan knows his only weapon against mankind and against the people of God especially is to lie. And for us to actually believe the lies that he is telling us rather than the truth of what God tells us. And the most important truth you can know if you're a child of God is that you are a new creature. You're a brand new creation because God's spirit now lives in you. Now you may be thinking, well, Paul, if that's true, then why don't I see any real change in my life? I mean, I know that God has forgiven me. I know that he loves me now. I, I know there's certain things I don't do anymore, but I don't really see any real transformation that actually lines up with this idea of being a new creature, being a new being. I believe that's really because most times we continue to believe the lies of the devil over the truth of God. And so it's not that we are not reborn. It's not that we are not a new creation. But we continue to live according to our natural mind. According to things, according to our natural senses. What we see, what we feel, what we touch. And we still allow ourselves to live that way. Why? Because before we came to know Jesus, that's all we knew. We lived for five years, 20 years, 50 years, however long it's been, so accustomed to live in accord to what we naturally understand with our human brain that sometimes we find it difficult to make that transition. Or we continue to give our, our natural mind prominence over what the Spirit of God is saying to us because we really find it hard to let go and we actually begin to walk in what the Lord has. So we remain trapped in our old ways of thinking and therefore trapped in our old ways of behaving. Excuse me, I better get a little drink here. I need a stand, don't I? When Paul says all these new things are from God, what he's telling us is, listen to this, that this supernatural God comes to live in natural people to make them a supernatural being. That's why he places the Holy Spirit in us. That's why he gives us resources that are beyond ourselves, abilities that, that we can't imagine, experiences that we could not imagine. That's why we're able to actually think right in a world that is so confused. We are actually able to think clearly because God, by his Spirit, now lives in us. That's why we're actually able to live right in the midst of a culture that is so broken and so dysfunctional, we can actually be a people who can live as God has designed us to live. Why? It's because now that the Spirit of God lives within us, we have access to an entirely different way of thinking. And because we can think differently and the Spirit of God is in us, He also gives us the power to live out what He is teaching us. 
It's also why Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, in verse 17 and 18, that if you truly understand that the Spirit of God lives within you, then you need to begin to expect to live in a way and see things happen through your life that can only be explained by the presence of God in your life. That's why Jesus said if the Holy Spirit truly lives in you, you should expect to not only live a good life on the natural plane, you should be also very comfortable in the spiritual realm. You should expect to confront the powers of darkness. You should expect to see strongholds brought down. You should expect to see things in the natural realm change because the greater realm, the realm of the Spirit, is in operation in and through your life. You ought to expect those things. Mark, Jesus said, you ought to expect to speak in spiritual languages that the natural mind doesn't understand. You ought to expect to be able to cast out demons, which sounds strange for some folks, but he says you ought to expect that. You ought to expect, Jesus said, to lay hands upon the sick and to see them healed. You ought to expect that. Why? Because God's in you. Now, do we really get that? God is in you. You're not just a religious person. You're not just reformed in your behavior. You have been reborn. You are a new creature. You are a new being because of what God has done through Christ in your life. But you see, without this revelation, without this revelation that God himself actually lives in you, the old things will not pass away. And the new things will not come. And you see, too many people in the house of God, have been born again, but they live in bondage because they've never moved from a gospel of salvation, which is beautiful, but into a gospel of the kingdom that transforms you and that is at work within you. The Bible says that when we receive Jesus, God sets his kingdom in us and he gives us the mind of Jesus so we are actually able to think supernaturally. What does it mean to think supernaturally? I believe in a very simple way. It means that we know as the people of God that whatever's going on around us, whatever we confront, whatever we encounter, whatever comes against us, whatever situation we find ourselves in, what makes us different from those who do not know God is we have divine options. We always have divine options. I've said it many times, and, you, and I've probably said it too many times, but it's as simple as this. We are not better than anybody else, right, as children of God, but we are certainly better off. We are better off. By the grace of God, we have been where people are who don't know Jesus Christ, and here we are today, but we are definitely better off because in all things, we have divine options. Why do we have divine options? Because we are new creation. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives within us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, God has given us His Spirit not the world spirit, that we may know about all the wonderful gifts of grace and blessing that he has given to us. You see, this, this mind of Christ is so crucial if we are ever going to know the things of God. He says that we might know about all the wonderful gifts of grace and blessing that he has given us, God has given us his spirit. The previous verse says, only a person's spirit that lives within him knows his own thoughts, right? You can't read somebody else's mind. There's no point in you telling somebody what they're thinking, unless you've been married for a long time, then you know. But, you know, 
you, you don't know what they're thinking. What Paul is saying, it's only the person's spirit inside of them that knows what their mind is thinking. He says, it's the same with God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Guess what? We have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives within us. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit will share with us what God is thinking. Why? So that we can think supernaturally. And supernaturally doesn't mean flaky. Again, it means we can think in a way that always has options. We can think in a way that is more concerned with what God is thinking in that situation, what it is God wants to do in that situation, rather than being limited or shut down by what we think. He says the Holy Spirit lives in you so you can know the truth that God knows and you can live in the things that he has for you. You see, it is knowing the truth that God knows that makes me free. Let me say it again. It is knowing the truth that God knows that makes me free. Would you say that with me? It is knowing the truth that God knows that makes me free. Listen to what Jesus said in John 8. If you obey my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Now, think of what he's saying. He's saying, if you obey my teaching, he's not saying if you obey my teaching, then you kind of conform to this group and you're all the same. He's saying, if you obey my teaching, if you have a love for truth, and you recognize that what I'm speaking to you is truth, that I am truth. We'll get into that more next week. But that what I'm speaking to you is truth. Another word for truth, actually, in the Greek language, it's reality. If you'll come to understand that what Jesus speaks to you is reality. He's just telling you like it is. He's speaking into your heart, into your natural mind that says, oh, this can't happen, or this is the way things are, or this is what God thinks of me. He says, no, I'm going to speak reality to you, and if you'll embrace reality, it'll begin to change your life. He says, the words I speak to you, they are truth. If you obey what I'm saying to you, you will be my disciple. What's a disciple? It is somebody who is being discipled, somebody who's being trained. What Jesus says, as you embrace my truth, as you live in my truth, by the power of the Holy Spirit who enables you to do that, I am personally discipling you. I am personally training you. You are walking with me. And then he says this, then you will what? Know the truth. How do you know the truth? By living it, right? by embracing it, by holding on to it, by allowing God to teach you it and, and, and shape it into your life. He says, you will know the truth by experience, and that truth will make you free. Now, notice Jesus didn't say that the truth will make you free. What did he say? He said, is the knowing of the truth that will make you free. How do you know? You know by doing it. You know by walking in, by trusting the Lord, submitting to the truth so that you can come to know it by personal experience. That's why the person with the experience is never at the mercy of the person with the argument. That doesn't mean that all theology goes out the window. It doesn't mean we toss our Bibles away. But you see, the Bible says of itself that God's word is alive. It's meant to work. It's meant to be put into practice. 
It's not meant just to be believed academically. It's not meant to be used just in a way to formulate ideas that justify my unbelief and my apathy and my passivity. That's not what it's there for. The Word of God, when it gets into me, becomes alive, and I begin to believe for things and expect things that my natural mind doesn't understand. The Word of God is full of living power. And the Lord wants me to understand that there are things that he wants to teach me that he wants me to know in order that I actually have a living faith that experiences the word of God, that I become the word of God in flesh, just like Jesus. I'm not saying I am Jesus, of course, but we are called to be what? Living epistles, living letters read of all men. In other words, people are deceived through us that the word of God is not just theory. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is powerful and is rooted in truth that we know. You see, why is it that we all have the same Bible that contains all the same truths, and yet we all live at different levels of faith, different levels of expectation and of experience? Hosea chapter 4 says it this way in verse 6. He says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And if I, if I was to take that into the New Testament context, what we've been reading, I believe what he's simply saying is this, is that many of God's people miss the new things God has for them because of a lack of knowledge, because of a lack of actually knowing by experience the truth that I've revealed to them, that I'm speaking to them, that can actually make them free. Jesus also said is the knowing of truth that will make you free. Some translations, you may have one, say that the truth will set you free. That's not a bad thing, but the idea of being set free has more to do with being released. But to make you free actually speaks of transformation. It talks about your being, your stature, where you are changing. You're a different kind of person. It's kind of like a person who may be released from prison. They've been set free, but they may never go on to actually live in this new freedom that they have. And so the Lord says that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You will live in a new way. It will become the standard for your life. Now, this knowing that makes you free is referred to in the Bible as the mind of Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 16, Who knows the mind of the Lord? Who is able to give him advice? We, however, have what? It should be up there. It's an open book test. It's right, right there. Okay? We, however, have the mind of Christ. Now, if you read that passage in chapter 2, Paul is dealing with people who have a natural mind, who don't know Christ, who have not been born again, but he's also referring to believers who have the Spirit of God within them, who have this revelation, who have this, this insight, this ability by the Holy Spirit who lives in them, and yet they still choose to live by the natural mind. And it goes on to argue that for those who live according to their natural mind, they don't receive the things of God. The things of God sound foolish to them. And so whether they're unbelievers, they may mock it. If they're believers, they form theo- theological systems around it to justify their unbelief. He says, the natural mind does not understand the things of God, for they are only discerned by the Holy Spirit. They're only understood by the person who does not live by the natural mind, but lives by the mind of the Spirit. It doesn't mean that we don't have a natural mind and things that God has given us a natural mind for certain scenarios, but the natural mind has limitations. And so he wants us to learn how to submit to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit says things that defy the natural mind and say, okay, Holy Spirit, 
not quite sure how you're going to pull that off. Not quite sure how that's going to happen, but I know you're speaking to me. I know your word says, therefore, that's what I'm going to do. And then God begins to have his way. And so Paul says that who knows that mind? He says, we have the mind of Christ. Unlike the person who does not know God, we who have the spirit of God within us are able to know what God has in mind for us. Another name for the mind of Christ is kingdom thinking. Let me ask you this. Are we the body of Christ? I know, you always feel like, I, I know the answer should be yes, but I don't trust him. He's going to make me look stupid. No, okay, if you're growing up in church, you always know, number one, the answer is always Jesus, okay? So if you're growing up in Sunday school, it's always Jesus. The answer is, we are the body of Christ. If we truly are, collectively as individuals, all part of the body, are we not all then connected to the head of the church, which is Jesus? If we are connected to Jesus, should we not have his mind? If we are truly connected to Jesus, whatever part of the body you are, look at me, I'm amazing, I'm so talented. Fingers move. I can even do it more clothes. Why? Because it's my brain, it's my mind that's connected to my body that tells it what to do. I can do amazing things. Some things are a lot slower than I used to do, but I can do amazing things. I don't even have to speak the word, I mean, just the thought. The body is so miraculous. And in the same way, just like in our physical body, right? That, that's the way it works. Uh, and, and why does it work that way? It's because my body is connected to my head, to my brain, right? To my mind. You know, you remember growing up, I mean, how many times did your parents say to you, you know, is your head screwed on or straight? Was that just me? Because I got that a lot. You know, what's wrong with you, you know? What are you saying? There's something, there's a disconnect between your mind, the logic, the wisdom, and maybe what you're doing. Paul wants us to understand the exact same relationship exists in the spirit. The Bible says in Matthew 9, Matthew said, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So we're talking about this idea of the, the, the uh, mind of Christ having to do with what we call kingdom thinking. Luke said this, Jesus said rather than Luke 17, it's not up there, but trust me, the kingdom is within you. If you are reborn, if you are a new creation, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, he has brought his kingdom in you. When he talks about the kingdom of God advancing, he's talking about people, the church, advancing in the midst of darkness. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by the power of God. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about being kingdom-minded. It's that kind of expectation. And we get to share in some pretty miraculous things when we have kingdom thinking. And what is kingdom thinking? It's simply considering how Jesus thinks about things more than how we think about them. And one of the ways we can discern what Jesus thinks, obviously, is his word. But it's just to talk to him. You see, we're the body. We're connected to the head. We can have conversations with Jesus. We can hear his voice. 
We can be led by him. We can know his thoughts. You see, without the mind of Christ, we live a very ordinary and a very uneventful life. You might say, Pastor, well, my life's pretty full. Maybe you're busy. Maybe you're successful. Maybe you enjoy doing lots of things. Your life is very fulfilling to you. What God wants you to know is that from his perspective, if you're not led by his mind, his priorities, from his perspective, your life is very ordinary. Your life is very uneventful. And in the grand scheme of things, it's really missing the purpose God has. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, Whoever does not have the Spirit of God cannot receive the gifts that come from God's Spirit. Such a person really does not understand them. And they seem to be nonsense because their value can be judged only on a spiritual basis. What's he saying? With our natural mind, it is absolutely impossible to understand spiritual things. With a natural mind, it is absolutely impossible to think supernaturally. If I only live according to my natural mind and what I know, what I've come to understand through my life experiences, I will always be limited by what my natural mind can understand, what my natural abilities can do. Without the mind of Jesus as Christians, we will even go so far as to process the Word of God through a very natural and limited perspective. We will always find ways to justify our unbelief. We'll always find ways to explain away what God has for us, what it is that God wants to do through us. The Holy Spirit will challenge us. The Holy Spirit will speak thoughts into our minds. And if we don't have the mind of Christ, if we don't understand who we are, if we don't understand the true transformation that has taken place because the Spirit of God is within us, what we'll do, we'll always allow the natural mind to shut it down and say, that can't happen. Or I'm just thinking that, that's foolish. Nothing's really going to change. We've adopted as our theme, you may have noticed, the prayer of Jesus from Matthew 6.10, where Jesus prayed, Father, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done, where? On earth, as in heaven. On earth, as in heaven. Now, you may not have noticed, but we've placed that on the big wall. For those who go in the foyer, when you leave through those doors, why do we put that there? Because we want to remind ourselves every Sunday when we leave this place, anytime we're together enjoying the presence of God, when we leave this place, we want to remind ourselves that we are to be kingdom-minded, that we are to look for opportunities for Jesus to live his life through us. You see, with our mind, we move in our own understanding. And most of the time, we see very limited results. Because when the natural mind has its own way, heaven must conform to the earth, not transform the earth. But when we have the mind of Christ and we have kingdom values, we understand that heaven has come to transform the earth. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What's he saying? You have been empowered by the Spirit of God living in you to be about transforming your world around you. It can be different because you're there. Think about what Paul said. In Colossians 3.3, Paul said this, Your old sinful self has died, and your new life is in God. Would you say that with me? 
Your old sinful self has died, and your new life is in God. What does that mean? It literally means that what you think or what you want to say or how you want to live or respond in a given situation should be seen or heard as much as a dead person. That's how much weight it actually carries in the kingdom of God. The Lord really isn't interested in your opinion. He's interested in conversation with us. He's interested in teaching us, showing us things. But at the end of the day, what he wants to do is he wants to snap us back to attention, snap us back to reality, and say, yeah, okay, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I see what you see, so on. But, but, here's some reality I want to give to you. Here's some truth that I want you to know that can actually change what you see. Now, why does our thoughts and opinions carry as much weight as a dead person? Because Paul says we're supposed to be dead. If we are in Christ, if we are enfolded into Christ, if we have disappeared into Christ, it means that he is to be seen. He is to be heard through us. It's really the only way to bring heaven to earth as Jesus prayed. It's an amazing thing to realize that we literally represent heaven while living here on earth. And if we will allow our thinking to be shaped by heaven's values, then what does God do? He begins to release his presence around us. How many people can say this morning, not to put anybody in the spot, you know what, when I actually began to step out and believe God's word, when I actually began to step out and take a risk and, and, and do what it is the Lord has commanded us to do and promised to be with us, I actually began to see his presence move out from my life, right? Many of us can say that. I began to see God do some things that I could not humanly do. But it's because I began to embrace kingdom values. I began to believe that heaven could come to earth through me. You see, the truth is none of us really have been built to handle this life by ourselves. We have been created, we have been saved to actually live in harmony with the Holy Spirit who lives in us and wants to show us what it is that God has in mind for us. Jesus talked about this abundant life. And let's be honest, many Christians today say, well, I know what Jesus said, but I don't see it. I don't see this abundant life that he promised in my own life. But one of the reasons why we don't see that abundant life is because we're not living life from his perspective. We're living life from our own perspective. We know the words of Jesus from John 15. He said, I am the vine. You are my branches. You're the body. As you live in union with me as your source, will you say this next line? Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. You will not really do anything that meaningful or lasting. Now maybe you're thinking, but Paul, you don't understand. You don't understand my life. You don't understand what, what I deal with, what I go through, what I live with. My life is too complicated for that kind of stuff. Life is too complicated to really be focused on Jesus. Life is too complicated to really be focused on what it is that he has for me. But friends, I want us to understand this morning that 
that Jesus wants to be in the middle of everything you're going through. He wants to be in the middle of everything that you do. You see, being in Christ, kingdom thinking, it's not about avoiding life. Kingdom thinking is not an escape from reality. Kingdom thinking is actually beginning to live in the reality of what God sees and what God knows can be. Kingdom thinking is knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in you so that you can know that God, what God has in mind for you. Kingdom thinking is thinking supernaturally. It's thinking beyond what my natural experiences tell me. Again, Paul said, God has given us his spirit that we might know about all the wonderful gifts that he has given us. And it is that knowing that makes me free. It's the knowing. And I want to ask you this morning, do you know that you know that you know who Jesus is? Do you really know what it means for Jesus? He said, I will come and live in you. My Father will come and make his home in you. I will send the Holy Spirit and he will fill you. Do we really grasp what that means? To really begin to know all the things that God has for us, not just there in the future, all the things that God brings to us when he comes into our life. Those are the things as we understand truth, as we walk in truth, as we make a decision, Lord, I want to know you, and I want to know everything you brought to me. What did Paul say? I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know what it is to actually be a kingdom person, to live in the kingdom and for the kingdom to live through me. You see, it's the knowing of the truth that makes us free. Not just believing because it makes sense. It's knowing because I choose to experience the truth of what Jesus is speaking to me. We'll dive into more of this in the next couple of weeks as well. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask the ministry team to come. If you're here this morning, whatever your need may be, we believe the Lord wants to encounter you by the Holy Spirit. If you have sickness in your body, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, we would love to pray with you. Jesus wants to bring you into reality. You may be here right now, and there's a whole lot of things happening in your life. And you have this voice saying to you, this is just the way it's going to be. It's always going to be this way. Jesus has come to set the captives free, to set us free. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, he wants to introduce you to himself. He wants to introduce you to divine options that you have when you open your heart to him. It's like inviting Bruce Lee into your life because some guy's bullying you. And Bruce Lee says, hey, anytime, give me a call. And you say, hey, Bruce, come on by. What happens to the person that's bullying you, right? It changes your life. Jesus is the same way. He's not Bruce Lee. He could kick Bruce Lee's butt. But he, he wants to come into our life for us to begin to live in reality. People say that Christianity is a crutch. It's not a crutch. Christianity is just a revelation that you can have a relationship with the living God and that he actually comes to live with you. And it's his strength, his truth, his power 
than they're able to live in a way and to think in a way that's so contrary to anything you've ever known. But the result is always new dimensions of freedom. And so as we close this morning, feel free if you want to come. We're just going to close with a song. And I want to invite you before you leave just to do some business with the Holy Spirit just for a moment. And say, Lord, whatever my limitations have been that I've imposed upon you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, O Lord, for believing lies. I just want to embrace you. I want to embrace your truth. And I want to begin to live in the freedom of those things that I actually profess to believe. In fact, I encourage you this week, if you have devotions, I encourage you to go back over some scriptures that are very common to you, that you read all the time, and actually meditate upon them. And say, Lord, are these actually truths that I believe? Am I living in this? I want to begin to live in your truth. I want to be free. And I want to bring that freedom to others around. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you that your word says, as Jesus said, you have not left us as orphans. You have given us your Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, who comes to show us what life is really meant to be, what the abundant life really is all about. You've come to expose the devil's lies that we can live in freedom and joy. We can know your goodness. And Lord, we can carry your presence wherever we go. And we can bring the goodness of God to others. And so Lord, we bless you this morning. And I just pray for a fresh appetite by your Holy Spirit in every heart here this morning for truth, to recognize lies, and to Lord, be hungry for your truth, to experience the freedom and all the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, contact info at gtmoncton.com. Follow us on social media at GT Moncton, or check out our website, gtmoncton.com. Have a great week, and God bless.